are about to step between the ropes and rumble with the guys from Call It On Air podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Call It On Air. This is being recorded on Memorial Day. So how's everybody doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, um, oh, real quick, I would just like to say fuck CenturyLink. <laughs> you know? I'm sure we'll never have a sponsor, and I'm positive CenturyLink will never be a sponsor. So I'd just like to say fuck CenturyLink, um, and I hope they all choke on a ball bar horse cock on this wonderful Memorial Day. Okay. I just want to get that the way up front because, you know, fuck CenturyLink. I currently have a pork shoulder cooking. I noticed that Caden had a deep dish pizza today. Yes. And, and fuck CenturyLink for, for the fugitive there. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't eaten anything today, so I'm doing good so far. All right. So thank you to all the military people that served. Fuck CenturyLink. And <laughs> moving forward. We might have the title of this episode. <laughs> but do we think the military that served for CenturyLink? No. Okay. No, all fuck right. them too. Anybody have anything to do with CenturyLink, fuck them. I don't care if they was military or janitor, or what? Fuck them. <laughs> on with the show. <laughs> All righty. So moving on, commentators not knowing or missing calling moves during a match. They probably had a delay because of CenturyLink, but what are your thoughts? It happens more and more now, but honestly, it's because well, basically, in WWE, they go out of their way to make sure they hire people who have very little to no wrestling experience or background. And it seems like they don't attempt to even train them up to it. They just kind of like to throw them out there in the deep water and see what the fuck happens. Well, I mean, but, even there, you know, they're they're more focused on telling stories than they are producing wrestling shows. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly, yeah. so so that's a huge reason as to why those guys don't have a clue what moves is which. And it seems like you know, like you're saying, that's how they want it. They go out of the way to make sure they're not calling wrestling moves. And if they do, they get yelled at on the headset for doing it. They don't want to present it as a wrestling show anymore, sports entertainment. But it's just, I don't know, it's. I think it's the overall picture more of where professional wrestling isn't taken. Trying to figure out how to word this. It isn't taken seriously. It's not, you know, it's not respected as a realistic sport anymore. You know, um, it just, it's a joke to everybody. So they don't attempt to take it seriously. They don't attempt to present it or call the matches in a way that is serious. Or like I said, uh, they don't view it as a realistic sport anymore, so they don't try to treat it as such in the presentation, which that trickles down to the announcers are not being educated enough or trained enough to even attempt to call it. Or even, if, you, do it even if you've got uh, the guys on there that know the moves and whatever, they have no clue how to be an actual announcer. You yeah. know, they, they'll come up and they'll, they'll say, the stupidest stuff and you just you just you just lose interest and some people's voices are so annoying like i don't know like with especially like wade barrett right now on nxt his voice is so annoying to me like i just want to like mute the tv and just watch i'll, I'll go out and say that wrestling from the 70s and 80s versus Wrestling now is something totally different. Back then, it was something you could be proud of. It was something that it was a sport. Now it's just male soap opera, really. And the fact that if you had somebody that knew the moves or was, a, a say, a hurt wrestler, 
that he couldn't perform in the ring anymore, they would actually put him out there and let him do commentary because he knew the moves. And that was better than having, I mean, I don't watch it, so I can't really say what they're doing now, but apparently from what y'all are saying, it's, you know, they're calling mo- they're, they're calling stuff that aren't right or they don't even know what to call the move or and it it becomes a shit show it it's it makes you want to turn the tv off right but i mean yeah, you, it, you, the the old school guys you know like even like what's his name mar ronaldo I, I know i'm not saying that right what's how you say it um anyway he was, you, i didn't practice that one no <laughs> Well, anyway, the guy who was with um, NXT w- was really good, and he had passion. You could see it. You could listen to it. He knew what he was doing. He knew the moves. He knew what he was saying, and it was it was good. Um, yeah. You know, but say you know, he had the two things that we were talking about. He had experience and skills at being a sports announcer, and he had respect and and. He had the respect and knowledge for professional wrestling. So he had the two things that were key in it, you know, that right. everybody else is missing either one or the other or both of. He had but, the skills to be an announcer and the knowledge to call the wrestler. Like guys like Mike Tanay, um, they, they, I enjoy listening to them call matches. Yeah. And again, that goes back to uh, both of those guys. They treated wrestling with respect and took it seriously. And they called the matches as serious sporting contests. And Joey Styles, how can you not get excited listening to him call a match? Just his yeah. passion and the way he would get involved, the, the things he would say, the, the way he would react. And Morrow, Morrow, whatever you, Morrow, he would um, do basically the same thing. You know, you could watch his watch him on, on camera and see him get excited and know that you, that you're going to have fun just listening to him. Well, back up to Joey Styles there. Didn't he punk out JBL? I don't know nothing about that. Supposedly, but, you know, there's been no, like, a real confirmation either way. Well, naturally, JBL ain't going to say, yeah, Joey Styles punked me down. But that's I, that was one of the, the more recent things that I have heard is Joey Styles punked out JBL. But, um... Oh, with Joey Styles, he had a unique skill set, you know, because he called the vast majority of the first half of the ECW shows and pay-per-views by himself. He was alone in the booth, and he had the ability to cover both bases of being a play-by-play commentator and the color commentator all at the same time. So he would call the moves, he would call the match, he would progress it along and still be able to add the color comments and build the story that they were trying to tell with the match. And he's one of the few that I could think of that. Well, he's one of the few that I could think of that actually had the opportunity to do that, but he successfully pulled it off damn near every time I could think of. And one of y'all had mentioned that, I guess a recent, from one of the big dogs up there has gotten released. Was that because he wasn't calling the matches properly, or what was it? What was the deal with that? See, I'm not sure because I, you know, I specifically had started watching for like the first two weeks he was there. I think, which I'm not. I don't think he was there that very long, but um, it was Adnan Vert from ESPN is where he used to work. So he actually had a background as a sports announcer and commentator. And apparently from what I read, he was a wrestling fan growing up and everything, but wasn't really that into it currently from what I could gather. But he was one that they basically just hired and threw in the deep end. And what, the few shows I saw him, you could very well tell he had no training and no preparation, and they just kind of hung him out there to see what happens because he was fucking awful. I agree. I have no idea. It was horrible. He was he was fucking up like he was trying to call moves, which was vastly out of place because they haven't done that in years in WWE. 
But the moves he was trying to call, he was fucking up calling the moves. And he was just all over the damn place. Like after like the first show, he did a lot of like actually trying to call the match. Which I think they curbed that because by the second show, <clears throat> he wasn't doing that as much. But it was just a whole lot of him being all over the goddamn place. Which he can't be completely blamed for it. Because he wasn't properly prepared. Like, what do you expect somebody who's never been in that situation trying to call a sports entertainment show when he's got some dumb fucks on the headset screaming at him the whole time? I mean, he was basically set up to fail, which he did spectacularly. I mean, if it was that bad of a deal, you'd think it would have somebody telling him, hey, you need to call this move or this move. I mean, it used to be to where they'd have the show, and then when they'd go into editing it, they would have the commentators there. The commentators won't even actually ringside. They were actually in a booth somewhere else, and they just put in the voiceovers later. So, I mean, if it was that big of a deal, they could have done that. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's back like an old uh, the old uh, superstars and primetime shows and stuff. But... I think Raw's still supposed to be live. I think. I'm not sure. Raw is live. Um, you know they they're there. Uh, a lot of the uh, like main events or whatever you know, like those shows that they show at at 3 a.m. on Saturday morning or Sunday Sunday morning. Uh, they, those they do in studio. Um, some of the you know like the pre-show stuff that they'll do. That are, that's kind of pre-recorded. They'll do those in studio and things like that. But the main shows like SmackDown, Raw, NXT, when they're live, they're beside the ring. Huh. All right. That's what I thought. But you know, but now I mean, uh, they've got they have gotten rid of the Adnan Vert guy, and in his place they've hired um, somebody else who used to commentate for the UFC and for the Bellator MMA called Jimmy Smith. And he's supposed to be taken over as the play-by-play commentator on Raw. So yet again, they're bringing somebody in from the outside who has sports announcing experience, but I'm not sure how much professional wrestling slash sports entertainment experience this guy has. So it seems like they just desperately want somebody who doesn't have fuck all to do with wrestling to be their lead announcer. I mean, wouldn't I, somebody had mentioned that some about Samoa Joe had had some uh, hit injuries and wasn't cleared to wrestle. So they had put him on commentary. I thought he did a fine job from what I saw again. He did. I don't he regularly did. watch. He did. And, and when he was out there, you were getting that good mix of, of passion for the business and knowing what was going on and understanding from him that, you know, he was telling the story from an under, from a, a wrestler's point of view of what was going on versus, you know, a sportscaster. And he, and he was doing a fantastic job. Just in a from different what, style, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say from what I saw, I thought he was, you know, great. I mean, like the best announcer I've seen on there in a while, but from what I gathered, and read, um, he had become clear to wrestle, but they didn't want him to wrestle anymore, which is kind of why they let him go, because he didn't want to announce, and they didn't want him to wrestle. Why didn't um, they want him to wrestle? Probably because he can wrestle, and it makes everybody else look bad. I mean, again, it's the same thing. They don't want, again, from the outside perspective, they don't want professional wrestlers. They want sports entertainers that have been trained up through their system in their way to work matches and their way to present themselves. They want that same cookie cutter sports entertainer. So do you think it had anything to do with the the aspect of his size, him being the bigger guy? Like you know, because you heard stories about like Kevin Owens, um, you know, and, and and those the guys who are bigger guys that aren't exactly in that shape that they want and you know, those type of things, you think that could have had something to do with it? I think that probably, like, hurts 
him when they were attempting to push him in the main event scene, or back when they had that, um, it was him and Brock, and I can't think of the third person. They had a little trio thing. It might have been Kevin Owens. Yeah. But um, I think it hurt him there that they were kind of like they did with kind of like they did with Cesaro here recently. You have somebody that can work the damn ass off and is hella professional wrestler. They needed a program for the you know for the title picture. They put him in there because they knew he could do it, but they never had any actual intention of pushing him in the main event picture. I they kinda... were... Sorry, what? I thought everything he was doing with AJ Styles while they were there, you know, the feud that they had, I thought that was really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know. And they seem like they know they can have those people and use those people, and those people will deliver every damn time. But they never have any intention of, of making, uh, you know, making them the focus. Right. Like I said again, Cesaro, Samoa Joe, those types. They're there. They don't use them for shit until they need somebody in the title picture. Pull them up, use them, and then shit can them back down again. Which you know, I'm sure that's what they're doing with Cesaro. Right. Because he, you know, had a hell of a damn feud with Reigns. A very short feud. Again. One of their damn problems, everybody's hot shotting every damn feud, every damn matchup, you know, everything. But he was there, had a good match, lost the match cleanly. The first, like, clean loss for that in a while. But and then immediately Seth Rollins comes out and jumps him, which basically pushes him back into a feud of Rollins, and Reigns moves on to the next person. Now, you, you'd said something about the matches and this and that now. What about match stipulations, like when they have these, say, street fights or, or, or backlot fights or different? Uh, I remember having like a no DQ match, and you'd go out to ring between the ring and the crowd, and the referee sitting there counting, and it's like, what are you doing? Why, why are you counting? It's a no disqualification. It's a no holes ball. It's what are your thoughts on match stipulations and them actually sticking to them or, or, or making sense by, like like I said, that it's a no-DQ match, but the ref is trying to count you out? I think, I mean, not exact thing, but I think they're overused now. Every damn match has a stipulation. It used to be there was a point to a match stipulation. You would have the match, you know, the majority of the matches would be a regular wrestling match, time limit, rules, you know, everything. Right. Normal. And that special match was like the blow-off match. Yeah, oh, there was a point to it. The damn program, right. the gimmick, the angle, whatever, built to it, and there was a reason within the damn program as to why was that stipulation. Now they just have match stipulations to have match stipulations. Every damn match has a stipulation. And it doesn't mean shit. Like, they'll start a feud on Monday, and then on Friday they have, like, a damn steel cage match or a bull rope match or a no-DQ match. Like, I can say that last night watching pay-per-view, AEW pay-per-view, <coughs> every, every match, it seemed like they were announcing, this match is no-DQ, you know, halfway through just so they could remind people that everything they do is non-disqualification. Like, and what sense does it make in a battle Royal to say, just so everybody knows this match is no DQ. Why Why would a battle Royal be a no DQ? I don't know, but that's what happened. It's so they don't have to fit into. They basically just want to be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do. So they say, oh, we're making a no DQ, and that makes make sense. It doesn't. And it I, desensitizes everybody to I mean, the fact. A battle like, royal, royal rumble, whatever you want to call it, the only rule is eliminating your opponents by tossing them over the ropes and both feet hitting the floor. And they didn't even do that much that was that drastic to be to need that stipulation. It's like it was wasted. Yeah. It's basically just a catch-all now. They throw it out there, so whatever stupid fucking idea they come up with, they can do it. Oh, no, it's okay. It's no DQ. I know that yeah. in three matches last night, 
I heard JR say, this match is no DQ. I, and that's the ones I was paying attention to. And like I said, you know, it's, it desensitizes people watching it to the point where the point of the damn rules, you establish the rules, you follow the rules. So when you break the rules, it means something. Right. If every match is no DQ, then there's, you know, it means nothing anymore. And it desensitizes them. The same thing as, you know, by getting overly violent, every match having weapons, every match having these huge high spots, these big pratfalls, whatever. The more you do it, the less it, the more you do it, the less it matters. I mean, if we're going to say fuck the rules, I've won every match I've been in. How about that? Yeah. You know, and it gets to the point where you constantly have to do more to get the people to pay attention to it because, like I said, you've desensitized them to any semblance of a wrestling match and its structure. And now it's just fuck it. There's no DQ. We can do whatever we want to. We're going to have 500 people run in and we're all going to flip off the fucking scaffolding and it's going to be fucking great. You know, speaking of that, I did, I did see a commercial for what was it, AEW? Is that the name of it? Yes. Where they were apparently were in a stadium doing a pay per view, and it looked like he jumped off like a, a, a balcony and was giving somebody like a hoovy driver off of the balcony, and I was like, "Why? Why would you even do that?" I mean, it. it both and that was probably exactly, and that was probably a two count. Guaranteed, that was a fucking two count. <laughs> Who was uh, was that last year's stadium? Because that's actually the stadium stampede match, and they had the second one last night. And I'm wondering because there's, I'm just trying to figure out where you saw that and what it was, so I can kind of explain. Because I, if I knew what you were saying, I could probably tell you what what it was in in relation. Uh, it might have been on Facebook. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I've been doing like a million things today. I don't, so I don't was, know. So it was probably a replay or a clip from last night then. And I, uh, Okay. So. But no, you know, again, and like that, like Dustin said, they should be fucking dead. They should be carted out on stretchers, neck brace. You don't fucking see them for a month or two at least. Right. But no, it's a fucking two count. They get up and keep doing the fucking match. It means nothing anymore. Well, They've made like, it to where it means nothing. Last last week, well, no, what was it? Actually, it was Friday night um, because of the playoffs or whatever. They moved to Friday night, and they the go-home spot, I believe it was the go-home spot for the whole show, was two of the guys from – one of the you know the two teams feuding actually gave two well you know two different ones two different people both pile drivers off of a like a little thing through tables and they're already back on TV two days later. Yeah, if they did that on Friday and there's a pay per view Sunday, they're not in the fucking match on Sunday. Or they can come back out two weeks after the pay per view in neck braces. But, you know, again, everybody's desensitized. It's like everybody just sits around and waits for the high spot. Because that's all, it's become a stunt show. The, the, the match doesn't matter. Or we're just waiting for the big flashy high spot. That doesn't mean anything because they'll I'll power drive somebody through a table and then they'll get right back up and have a fucking dance off or some stupid shit. <laughs> they have dance off? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm if somebody had a gun to my head, I would say yeah. But. I actually have not seen that in quite a while. You hadn't watched Dancing with the Stars or anything? Uh, no. Wasn't Chris Jericho on there? He beats me. Ain't he over on to... AEW? He's on AEW, yeah. If he was on Dancing with the Stars, that had to be a whole lot of jiggle. <laughs> wow. Goddamn, he looked like he had a he looks like he has an allergic reaction to oxygen. <laughs> wow. Okay. Saying. Sorry, I get on my rants about the shit. It's just I don't know. It's all right, Jim Cornette. <laughs> no. He actually has something to back up his rants. I'm fucking nobody. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I was like, who's this, this fucking jack all fucking complaining about shit? Well, hey, I'm the jack off to spit money on a microphone, so <laughs> money well spent, huh? Yeah. Except for, you know, the fuck's entry link. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, money well spent. But right. um moving forward, getting y'all off the rants here. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> the three of us have worn masks at some point in our careers. What are the pros and cons to wearing a mask? I mean, for me, the times I had to wear a mask, I could not breathe. I could not see. I did not like them. I think we should let Caden take this one since he's worn a mask far longer than us to. To be honest, I've never done anything without the, for me, I've, I'm used to it. I know what it, I've, I've adapted to it. So You're Lucha me, Libre. Yeah, exactly. If you say what so. Are what are they? I say? <laughs> but <laughs> for me, somebody who's never done anything, but I've adapted to it. The, you know, just like with anything else, you adapt your breathing, you adapt, you know, where you're looking, you adapt your ability to sell different than people who don't have, um, you know, and it's just different aspects of, you know, because they can see your facial expression. They can't, right. they can't see mine. So I have to be more vocal or, or, or do more with my arms, feet, you know, the rest of my body to tell what I'm trying to tell. Right. If, if I'm remembering correctly, the first time I wore a mask to wrestle, I had already I had already wrestled a match before that, and I was like a last minute substitution to be in the mask, so I was already blowed the fuck up, and then putting the mask on, my beard because for everybody who don't know, I have a long ass beard, so I had to like take that, fold that back up, and tuck it up in the mask, so I was breathing through my beard. And through the mask after already being blowed up. So, like Dustin was saying earlier, I couldn't breathe. I thought I was gonna fucking pass out. I thought I was gonna die right there in the fucking ring wearing a stupid mask in a shithole gym. Yeah, if you're not used to it, then you obviously haven't adapt. You know what I'm saying? Like you haven't really adapted to it because you're used to not wearing one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you think and, and you wouldn't have a problem breathing because you have a nose hole and you have a mouth hole. But it was, I was getting lightheaded, disoriented. <coughs> it's, it's a different beast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that was legit. The first time I had ever even put a wrestling mask on was five minutes before I had to go out there and work it. And like you said, you have a nose hole, but the mask was so tight, it was just cutting my nose off. And that's the next so, thing I was going to say is for me, the biggest problem is finding somebody who knows how to make one fit correctly. You have so many that are just made terrible. They don't work. They slide off. You have to, you know, dig to put them back on, uh, you know, and it's just poor quality. So, you know, sometimes you really got to dig and find somebody who really knows how to make those masks. I believe during one of my matches with a mask on that, I told the guys like, dude, I can't see. And he actually grabbed the mask and turned it like 90 degrees to where I I really can't see now, dog. So what what, what good does this do us now? Yeah. But um I wasn't a fan, but like like Caden said, it's just cause I'm not used to it. And I only wore a mask like a handful of times anyway. So not my thing. I had hard enough time breathing as it was. I mean, it's all I've ever done. I don't know any yeah. different. So, uh, you know, I can tell you this, you know, just like you were saying at first, yeah, it's hard to breathe. It's hard to see. It's, but, you know, after doing it for forever, you know, you've adapted to things and you, you've learned what to do and what not to do. So. Yeah, I, I learned what not to do. Don't wear a mask. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
And a don't buy wrestling gear f- from a guy in the West Virginia locker room. Learned no. that too. <laughs> Kate knows. Because you was talking about finding somebody who can make a mask. I was like, shit. I mean, it's it's if you want real quality, you need to go pay for that. You you can't just get somebody on Facebook that says, Hey, I make masks. No. They yeah. it, they do it does not work. You have to order from somebody who knows what they are doing. Do you know anybody that does that? Yes, actually. Did you well, want to I mean, give a little shout masks, out? So. They don't pay me, so no. Okay. They charge me. Cold. They, they charge me enough. Why am I going to get? No, absolutely not. Well, maybe they'll charge you a little less next time. Well, maybe yeah, they'll whoever's charge making his masks, give a man a discount so he'll say you on the podcast here. <laughs> yeah, it was, I hated wearing the masks. I know we. Had that little stint down in North Carolina with NWA and all, and it was we were doing double shots with the mask, without the masks. I didn't like it. To say something positive about it, since you know, so far I've been shitting on everything like usual. Um, it was fun getting to go out there and not have to be yourself, you know, like because you've cultivated who you are in professional wrestling, but you can put a mask on and go out there and just try something different, you know, act different, work different, interact with the crowd different. So, and that aspect of it was fun, but it was hard to concentrate on the fun part because he was getting lightheaded from not being able to breathe. You just thought it was fun. You were just all lightheaded. You thought you was intoxicated. Yeah. Fucking tripping balls, man. (laughs) Some bad toilet hooch you used to in the prisons. Yeah, yeah. You gotta make sure you flush before you start making it. Quick tip. Huh. I'll keep that in mind. There you go. Always flush before you start the concoction. <laughs> Don't drink the brown hooch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe or the yellow. The, or the yellow. That's, that's the the name right there. The brown hooch. Because <laughs> that that gives the the, the prison yard. Alcohol beverages and the cast length or whatever the hell internet you've got. <laughs> <laughs> See how I brought it all back around? See, plum problem is I think I saw Brown Hooch a dance at a strip club before. <laughs> you tipper? I don't know, I was drunk. So yeah, probably. On the hooch. <laughs> Not on the hooch, in the hooch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Moving forward. This one came in to me today. Somebody emailed me. Your favorite person to work with versus the least favorite person to work with. <laughs> you want to fill us in on the stuff you're laughing about? Trying to decide if I want to say who the least favorite person was or not. Oh, go ahead. I mean, what, what are they going to do? <laughs> well, no, no. I don't care about what they're going to do, but I like Caden, so it might affect him. <laughs> oh, it was Caden? No. Well, fair enough. <laughs> no. I liked working with Caden. He was fun. He slammed me off a bar. That was awesome. Ball. No. See, you're tying it all in with the hooch again. I like um, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And my life revolves around hooch, or it did revolve around hooch. It don't revolve around shit anymore. But see, brown hooch, shit. And my favorite person to work was Beef. I mean, him got to work a whole lot and a bunch of different promotions, a bunch of different places, and it was just easy because we both had the same outlook, we both had the same mindset for the match, and we both approached it the same. We would just go out there and just fucking balls to the wall, beat the shit out of each other. And it looked great. It always worked. I don't think we ever had a bad match. It was just, it was fun and effortless. So many times you had to work people that you didn't really know or or you unfortunately did know. And it was just a fucking struggle to pull a mediocre match out of them. But 
There was absolutely nothing. I mean, that that didn't exist with beef. He just went out there and we just fucking did it. He knew what I was going to do. I knew what he was going to do. And like I said, I don't think we ever had a bad match. And every one of them was just fun. <clears throat> now, you want to go around and let everybody do the, the, the people they like working with first? Then we'll go back around and hit the people we didn't like. Works for me. That sounds like a plan. All right. You want to go next, Caden? So for me, it's not really anyone in particular. It's more along the lines of I preferred working people the same size as me. The majority of my matches were guys smaller than me. And it always, you know hold the same thing and to be able to get out there and have that big heavyweight fight was always really fun to be able to slug it out throw you know throw some potatoes and and really just get out there and, and have fun doing that those guys are the ones that i really enjoyed working um because it, it was so few and far between and you know beef was one of those um you know, and there's some guys that I haven't worked yet, but in all, you know, I worked so many smaller guys that every time I had a chance to work somebody the same size as me, it was it was really fun. Now, just so I'm, I'm, I'm on track here. When you're talking about guys smaller than you, we're not <laughs> the old Pornhub search here, are we? No, absolutely not. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, just make sure I, you ain't go that far back around. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so we got well, two I'll, for beef right there, huh? I mean, yeah. he, he was he was in my list because you know we 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 could go out there and we could really you know throw potatoes and and really have fun and um you know that kind of thing and and, and any guy that was the same size as me it, it was a good good time. And I, I don't know about Pornhub and the size of their dicks or none of that shit. <laughs> whoa, whoa, but, whoa. This is a family show here. Nobody said nothing about the size of a dick. Well, how do you make a family? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, uh, I'll go ahead and take the mic here so he can stop talking about Pornhub now. Uh, I enjoyed... The matches that that the fugitive and I had with Billy oh, man, and Beef, kissing ass, kissing ass, Billy and Beef. No, that, that was. I think coming in that them two didn't know us, and we're feeding them high spots, trying to make them look good, and they're like, well, "Yeah, nobody else will do this," and that's we started doing like the Tower of Doom. And stuff like that. And I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we had some rough matches there, but I think that was, I'll throw it out there, it was Dave's fault on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he it's always have Dave's fault. <laughs> uh, I remember the, the night that the Fugitive and I won the tag titles for BWF and you know, we're going back and everybody is like, you know, that was great match, great match, great match. And we were third. I don't even remember who was above us. Even though we got to the back and the promoter goes, what the fuck took y'all so long? Everybody blamed it on Billy. Uh, (laughs) But it was, it was stuff like that. It was, I remember rolling beef up that night, and the crowd was deafening. I mean, it was crazy. I guess it's beef all the way around in. <laughs> hey, beef, if you hear this, we love you. Don't hit us again. <laughs> Please no more, sir. <laughs> it was, he would get excited when we were in He's... Appomattox, which would be his hometown. And I remember an I was and he potatoed me and everybody thought he had chopped me in the back. It's like, no, that was him hitting me on side the head. <laughs> he always did get a little excited in Appomattox. Yeah. Like we, I said, he, he's an excitable little boy. <laughs> I think it was I think we were at the, 
high school in mathematics, and he put me up <laughs> on the top rope. And he went to hit me in the stomach or whatever, and he went slipped down or whatever, and he punched me right in the balls. It was like, you cocksucker. Hey, it's the family show. <laughs> and then Patrick started doing his pelvic thrusts. It was like, yeah, he hit me there, Patrick. Do that to him, not me. Him. <laughs> Quick question. Um, so we won the BWF Tag Team titles? <laughs> yeah. I have zero recollection of that. Uh, the gym with the oh, locker room fuck. up underneath of it. Is that the show that... Um, no, that wasn't that show. Never mind. Keep going. It was the show that the fan pulled a knife on me. Okay, so it was that show. All right. So moving forward. <laughs> Keep his train rolling. That's another Pornhub mm -hmm. reference. Right uh, off the fucking tracks. The, the person you least like working. Y'all want me to go first? Sure. Double trouble. How about that? <laughs> Any of his students and him. It was just, we were there to make him look good. And we were trying our damnedest to do that. And it was just chaos. I, the I horse bumped better than he did. Yes, the horse bumped better than, than the man did. It was just one of his students. I just remember being on the outside with him. I grabbed him for a suplex. I said, block it. Okay, he blocks it. I said, reverse it. And he sat down on the floor and rolled back. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's how Double Trouble taught him because that's the only way Double Trouble can do it because Double no, Trouble big no. boy. Which one of me would Double Trouble hook up with because he was seeing two of me? Probably the wrong one every time. Okay. Because I love you, but I saw those matches and <laughs> they hurt me to see. Yeah, I'd like to forget them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I guess it's my go. Um, sorry, Caden, but my least one, uh, my least favorite person to work was Billy Warlock. I get he wasn't that experienced. I understand he was nervous, but he could not work to save his fucking life. And on top of that, you know, I get it. Not that experienced, even though he was old as Methuselah. It wasn't that experience, but he would not listen to shit. I was trying my damnest to hold his hand and walk him through the match. I would get some heat on him. I'd tell him what to do to make the comeback on me. And he would just fucking deer in headlights waiting for the tractor trailer to fucking hit him. And we were out there, and I, so I'd take back over, work him some more. Tell him another spot to do to take back over. Fucking deer in headlights. Happened about three times, maybe four times. I might have gave him a fourth time. And at that point, we were dying. The crowd was dead. The whole fucking show was just coming to a screeching halt. And I may not be the best worker in the world. Actually, let's take that back. I am nowhere near the best worker in the fucking world. But I always pride myself to at least put on a decent fucking match. And that is quite possibly the worst match I ever had in my career. And after giving him three full fucking opportunities to take over, calling spots for him, holding his hand, <clears> I said, <throat> I said, fuck it, and just beat the shit out and pinned him one, two, three, and was done with it. So, yeah, that's my least favorite person to work. So you say sorry to me, but your opinion is your opinion. I, I can't change that, and I, that's not – what I'm here to do. Um, well, no, I just said that because I know you might still have to interact with him since you are still working, you know? I do work for him, yes. And, um, anyway. and if there's any blowback on you from that, he's a bitch for that. But like I said, I like you, so, you know. Right. Well, whatever's between y'all is between y'all. I ain't got nothing to do with it. Um, ain't nothing between it. It was just a shit match. I got you. <laughs> 
Um, so for me, as far as people that I didn't like working were people that were not trained, people that would be in the ring and they would, you know, you could just tell that they weren't trained. They, you would always run the risk of getting injured. A lot of times in North Carolina, people just run into putting me in risk of getting an actual injury are the people that I never wanted to work again and are the worst people that I've ever worked. I always tried my best to avoid those people, but a whole lot of times you couldn't because you'd show up and you wouldn't know who was like that. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he said North Carolina. Well, if you're going to avoid them, then you just turn around and drive back to Virginia, I guess. Because oh. <laughs> that's pretty much where Double Trouble was, too. That horse did take a hell of a bump, though. You, you got to give him a hand. It did. Hell of a bump. Sold it like Weaver and took out the merch table. You can't beat it. And he's talking about people that weren't trained. Is he talking about anybody in Rustburg? <laughs> well, that was not – I didn't work him. I was his partner, unfortunately. And or was, that a, was that a tag match or was that a four-way? The first year, it was a tag match with you and him versus Fugitive and I. The second year was supposed to be a four-way, but apparently I had gotten a little rough with him in that battle royal, and he didn't show up. Yeah. So the first year is when you hit him with the tire rim there. Yes. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> the Still... Yeah, it's still the funniest sound I've ever heard come out of a human being. Glad I could accommodate you on that one. Thank you. You entertain us sometimes. And that goes back to wearing a mask because I had a mask on that night. And when the rim of that tire came back and hit me in the bridge of the nose, the mask soaked up all the blood. Huh. So that, that would be a pro for wearing a mask is... You know, being in Virginia, you're not allowed to breathe or bleed. Yeah, you're not allowed you can't to breathe. breathe. <laughs> yeah, you can't Fuck breathe. Fuck you, don't breathe. That's North Carolina. You can't breathe in North Carolina. No, you well, can't no. breathe in North Carolina. Oh, well. Somebody no, needs that's West Virginia. You can't breathe in West Virginia. You don't want to breathe in North Carolina. And you can't bleed in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, those masks will soak up blood. They, they do better than the Band-Aid they gave you. Yeah, because they ain't give me a damn Band-Aid. They gave you a bottle of water, quit bitching. It wasn't even flavored water. I'm sure it was a flavor, but probably want a flavor you want it. So, so what's next on Caden's uh, list of shit to bitch about? Well, I figured we could cut it right there and take it home. It gives us a little over an hour. You know, you know I'll tell you two things that pissed me off. I noticed last night. A, underwear. I, who's wearing underwear? B, sagging titties. <laughs> Why does every? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to like you know, gripe and bitch about stuff, and y'all making me laugh. I'm like, what the hell? You like sagging titties? What? <laughs> That's what he was talking about. I mean, it's okay if you do. I mean, I I don't know what you're talking about. But um, anyway. at this point, I'm a fan of all titties. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> in, in something, two things I noticed last night, and both of them, are, one of them's getting old, and the other one I've noticed for so long that it's always aggravated me. One, to me, the, the first one, why does every champion have to hold the belt up the same way? When they're in a feud and they've got somebody across the ring from them, they hold the belt up to show it to them. Like it's, you know, everybody does it the exact same way. Come up with something different. If I pissed off at somebody, 
again, it goes back to presenting it as realistic. If I'm pissed off at somebody, I'm not going to sit there and, and do like a stare down and hold the belt up. If I'm that close to them, I'm dropping the fucking belt. We fight. The whole, well, let's come together in the ring and get nose to nose and hold the belt. So fuck that. Yeah. That, it's, it's just kind of dumb. Do something different. Everybody's holding yeah. up the belt, you know, over their head. Second. And this I noticed a lot last night, more so than, um, well, not not more so than, but last night it kind of set me over the edge. Seen it as much as I did. When a tag team is in the ring, they're working, they're doing their thing, and their partner jumps in to make the save. Okay, the wrestler is still technically on top of the guy, still pinning him, and the referee stops the count. Well, I mean, the rest aren't taking seriously anymore anyway, so, uh, you know. Right. So, it's just it, it just something that aggravated me. Hold on now. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Back up. Back up. So, you got a guy in the ring being pinned. Right. The partner comes in and the ref stops counting to get the partner out? No. They, they, they do the dive thing where they do like the double axe handle to the back or, or whatever right. to, to say break up the pin. The the right. ref the ref automatically stops counting it by not being pinned. Half the time when he hits him, that makes him the more. I don't know. I, mean, I just think that no, those things should still be a pin. Yeah, I mean, again, I hate to keep harping on it, but it's the fact that it's not taken seriously and realistically anymore. Right. So to them, it doesn't have to make any sense. And we're still trying to make it make sense, you know, like you, you know, like you're saying. Yeah. That makes no sense. He's still covering them. You know? And it happens way too much. Everything happens way too much. Again, the, everything's overused at this point. Yep. That is true. Get everything out of your system now? For for the moment, yeah. For this week? Fox, a fuck center link. Yeah, fuck center. One more. I'll save you one more because when I get back off here, I'm going to go back and see if I can get my Roku connected in the living room. And if it does what it's done for the past two hours when I was working on it, it's going to cut the fucking modem off. And I have to start from scratch again. Just so everybody knows, he's going to search Headline Outdoors on his Roku and download that channel. Thank it won't you never happen. Because <laughs> when what? I attempt to connect it, no, when I attempt to connect it, big old, I say connect and it shuts the fucking modem off. I don't get it. All right, y'all ready to take it home? Sure. I'm already at home. All right. Sorry, I had to say that one time. Yeah, sure. Thank you for joining us for the Call It On The Air podcast. Don't forget to subscribe whatever platform you're listening to this on leave a five-star review and share us with all your friends you can contact us by dropping us an email at call it on air podcast at gmail.com